Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris comes to us every week to answer your questions. She has over 30 years experience helping families across Australia um, and we've heard from a lot of our listeners about how much Chris has helped them. So please make sure you do write in. There's a number of ways you can contact us. If you um, are watching us via Facebook, you can leave a comment below. If you're um, listening to us via the radio, you can call us one 800 Kids Radio, and of course, not to forget, during the week you can email us at conversation at kindling.com.au. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris, hello. Hello. Did you have a nice weekend? A lovely weekend. I don't, you don't strike me as a, um, I was saying that I've been watching Daredevil on Netflix. No. You don't strike no. me as a dead, yeah, it's no. a little bit full on. Anyway, <laughs> this is not what we're here to talk about. Um, let's start with Jane. She has an eight-month-old sure. and she's asking for some suggestions. He was waking up at 11 p.m., Yep. around 1.30 a.m. and 5 a.m. Uh, every night. I was feeding him at the 1.30 waking, but resettling for the others. Yep. We've now weaned him off the night feed, but he's Ooh. waking constantly about every one to two hours. He can self-settle at other times. He's still in our room in his cot. He has four breastfeeds, three solid feeds, and two naps, totaling two hours a day. That's all I can get him to sleep, and he's happy on that much sleep. We would appreciate any tips you have to get some more sleep at night. Um, I actually think it's got slightly to do – your day pattern's perfect. It's got four feeds and three meals, but he is a little bit short on sleep in the day because he's only having two hours, and usually they have three and a half hours. And it's actually probably the same problem. You're saying he's happy, but he's probably waking – and you can't resettle him, which is what's happening at night. He's waking and you can't resettle him. And interestingly, by fixing the night problem, you'll probably find he'll extend his day sleep as well because he'll know how to link the cycles. And that sounds like what he's doing. It's He's now waking about every one to two hours and the sleep cycles at night are anywhere between one hour and 10 and two hours and 20. So he certainly fits in there. So I think the overall problem is that he doesn't know how to self-settle himself. And that's difficult to do when he's still in the room with you because it's really hard to self-settle a baby when the baby can stand up and see you just over there. So um, whether you're um, feeling that you're up to the point of maybe putting him in his other room, it will make it a little bit easier. Um, but you're going to have to be really strong to get him to self-settle um, and link those, uh, those sleep cycles together with him knowing that you're in the room. And interestingly enough, when they're in the room with you, often they'll wake within a half hour window of you going to bed. So as you come through the door, they often wake because you've disturbed the sleep around them. So people say, no, they're sound asleep. And I say, do they wake within 20 minutes? Yes, they wake within 20 minutes. And it's just like when we sleep with a partner and they come to bed, you can feel them and you can sense them. It doesn't necessarily wake you, but as an adult, we can go back to sleep again. And for a child, what they do, they often wake up and once they've done that first wake up away they go um, so we need to get him to self-settle and I would use a window of letting him do it himself for um, a little bit five minutes seven minutes ten minutes whatever your little window then going up only giving short windows of reassurance and then moving back and um, letting himself settle and as you can imagine 
if you're only moving back and laying down, he can see you moving back and laying down. He's going to cry more until you come to him. So if you want to keep him in your room, you might want to try a few nights where you might be in the lounge room and you do the resettling and then you all move back into the room again. But I can see that this might be an issue that crops up a lot um, for the length of time that you want to keep him in a room with you. So he's got to learn to link the cycles. We've got to give him a little bit of time to self-settle and a little bit of reassurance to help him get there. That's going to take a few nights. And then you need to think about where you want him to sleep. And if you want him with you in the room, then you're going to have to put a lot of effort in to teach him to link those cycles together. Okay, good luck with that, Jane. Our next question comes from Erica, who has a 13-month-old. Her, her, this daughter started daycare a month ago. Right. She goes two days a week and she's 13 months old. She's happy there but will only sleep once at 11.30 a.m. for an hour. At home, she has a pram sleep for 30 minutes, then sleeps for an hour or so at 1.30 p.m. Yep. Daycare have tried two sleeps with no luck and she won't resettle after an hour. Is it okay to have two routines, one for daycare and one at home? The educators will follow any routine we provide, but say she's fine throughout the day. I'm worried as I know she's very overtired on those days, but goes to bed and goes to bed at 10 past six. Okay. So they often have different, um, they often have different sleep patterns in daycare because there's so much more going on around them. Um, if they were putting her down at 1.30 and she was sleeping for two hours, I would say, don't worry about it because in about a month, that's what she would be doing anyway. The fact that she only sleeps for an hour means if she's there for a long day of daycare, that's only one hour sleep and that could have a very overtired baba by the end of the day. I can see their difficulty in getting her to sleep two in a day because there's lots going on at daycare. But I would actually ask them to try and resettle her to give her a bit more sleep um, because when she's 14 months old, that's what time we would put her down for a sleep at, at 11.30 and then let her uh, have a good afternoon sleep or good mid-lunchtime sleep. So my bet would be to ask them to resettle her a little bit more so she's not so overtired by the end of the day. And that is the pattern she'll be in in a month. So I think she'll cope okay with the two different patterns because she's only going to daycare two days a week. So the rest of the time she catches her back up at home. All right. Our next question comes from Laura. She says, hi, ladies. My 18-month-old has been co-sleeping since around six months. And and then there's like a a emoji face, which is um, kind of surprised, (laughs) embarrassed. Tried to move her in with a sister, but suddenly we're a year later. (laughs) And then there's a cheeky emoji grin, which I totally understand. Need to move her into a room next door with her three-and-a-half-year-old sister. Overview of best approach to make this transition. She sleeps through happily with anyone else. But with me, mum, she um, breastfeeds a lot and wakes a lot. Oh, Okay, this is a this is a really <laughs> tough one. That's not the response Laura wanted. <laughs> well, well, Laura, you're breastfeeding and co-sleeping and you'd like her to go next door sleep independently in a bed with her sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot going on there. This is actually a really tough one. To be fair, it is tough. Um, she's used to sleeping with someone. Are they going to put her in with the three, not in the room, I sh- not in they, the bed with her? No, but just next door with her three and a half year old sister. Yeah, so in a cot, I assume. So she's had about a year, by the look of it, sleeping with you. So you've got two things you're trying to break. You're trying to break her sleeping up against a body 
to be able to sleep well. It doesn't tell us, oh. She says, yes, I, it's a big ask. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering how we phase it. Um, yeah, so that's right. So I think the first thing you would have to do is I would pick about a week of no breastfeeds in the bed. So she gets her, she's 18 months old, she doesn't need the breastfeeds. It's a very quick, easy way to get into bed. But if you think about the transition that you want at the end of the goal is to sleep independently in a cot with no comfort, we have to work backwards from that spot. So um, I would probably do a week to 10 days of sleeping her exactly how you sleep her now, but there are no breastfeeds because otherwise you're never going to get her to accept to be in a cot on her own if every time she rolls over, she was able to be comforted by a breast to get back to sleep. So maybe having her sleep more towards your husband um, or maybe sleeping with your husband and you sleep somewhere else. So she's just got used to not having the breastfeeds overnight. That's going to give you one more step closer to getting her to independently sleep on her own. The next one is to move the cot into your room and get her sleeping in the cot beside your um, bed so that she's in her own space and she's used to her own space. Then from there, um, it doesn't say where she sleeps or how she sleeps in the day, um, but that might help because if she sleeps independently in a cot in the day, then your chances of getting her in the cot in the night are greater. So um, the next step from the cot next to you, which is going to take a little bit of time, you'll have to put your hand out patter back in again. And then eventually from there, um, I think then you'll get her into your room. But you might need your three and a half year old to go away to nanny's for a night or two while you convince the 18 month old that she'd like to sleep um, in a room on her own. So I think this is, in all seriously, seriousness, this is the most difficult one to undo. It's not impossible, but you're going to have to work out what your steps are and stick to them. And I think we probably, when you get to the point of trying to teach her to sleep independently in the cot on her own, we might need to speak again because they are really big concepts to So to a couple try. of things have been yeah. added since you were um, explaining those things. Um they she was they were wondering whether they should move her to a toddler bed and in the day she sleeps in an adult bed. On her own? On her own, I'm imagining. Feel free to pop yeah. online and let us know, Laura, whether that's um, is she if you can put her on a bed on her own and walk away and she falls asleep on her own, then you're halfway there because but she has the ability to go to sleep on her own. But you wouldn't put her in a toddler bed. No, she's too no. young for a toddler bed. I think she would just get out and walk around the house and that would cause so much more anxiety in the house as an 18 month old mm -hmm. so um I don't think that um I think she would have to go in the cot together um uh together sorry she needs to go in the cot on her own in the room together can I try and summarize what you've mentioned there it's a big one okay so um <laughs> first is while you're sleeping with her not to breastfeed. Not to breastfeed. Second phase is to have her in the cot in the room next to you. Yep. Third phase is to move her into the kid, the other bedroom. Yep. But um, see if you can get the older sister into uh, another space for a, a while, like just nanny or Just a couple pops, of days. Just because just to make the... the youngest one might grizzle a bit about yep. being in the yep. room. Um, my question is, with those phases, how long on each phase? With an 18-month-old, I think... Uh, each, it depends on the technique they use for 
self-settling her. That's why this is a really big thing. I think it's going to take the full 10 days for her to get used to not being breastfed. I think it's going to take about 10 days for each of these steps. And that was if you were very clear about the steps and when you're going to move through those steps. I think where the problem will come is that Laura might contact us for the strategies about how to get her to self-settle gently because she's been used to this contact in order to go to sleep. So even though she sleeps on a big bed in the day, what we need to know is do you just put her on the bed and walk away and she can muck around for a little bit and then go to sleep? Because that tells us how then to settle her in the cot. So it's not, I have to say, Laura, it's not an uncommon question. No. It's a very common question, yeah. but it is, it's one that we really have to sit down and pull apart and find each step. And commit and, to. Yeah, and that's the really hard thing. Yeah. It's so the I, we had something similar, Laura, and I didn't commit to it and I just kept co-sleeping and that was our solution. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's what we decided and to do. But Laura's here for a reason. <laughs> She's yeah. asking the question on how to change it. And, and I think it's not impossible. I don't think it's ever not impossible. It's just that you've got to be very clear in what, what the steps are. So if there was, I mean, so really what you're saying is set yourself a goal with those phases, but looking at the long 30 term. days, like yeah. more than a month. Looking at a month than, down yeah. the track, not three okay. days. Yes. Yeah. So I think it sounds picking like this that. child <laughs> up and putting her in a cot with her sister will just make the whole family implode. So it's very gradual, very which gradual. is what Laura was asking, What is how to phase her into it. And you do often um, suggest something at some point introducing a comforter. So at the moment, yeah. Laura is a comforter. What kind of thing do you see? It would have to be, um, it would be instead of the breastfeeding. So okay. when she rolled over to mum, you'd put the comforter. Now, it would have to be a little bit large because it needs to make, make her feel like she's got something on her. So the square bits of material with the little head on it, that wouldn't work for this age group. It okay to be like a teddy like something that she could physically hold on to snuggling to yeah so she's um not impossible but definitely will need strategy to do it and get back in touch yeah i will help you we need an update yeah okay well good luck and thanks for the question laura and yeah get back in touch again see how you go if you just need encouragement we're we here. Give it to you. Um, <laughs> let's move to Rodney now. He says, um, just wants to say thank you for your advice last week. He oh. has a now 10-month-old who sleeps in her own cot, self-settles, sleeps through the whole night and um, sleeps in her cot as well. We started on Thursday last week and the first night was hard, but oh my, it's nice to have a happier baby and family. So oh, I know. Thank you. Oh, Rodney, anytime. What a sweet See, message. It's worth, for letting it's us know. worth the effort. That's right. That's yeah. what, you, yes. You That's hear that, Laura? Laura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's worth the effort. <laughs> Give it a shot. Okay. Well, thank you for the message, Rodney. Um, Fiona says, um, she loves the show. Just a quick question regarding my 11-month-old. When can I stop sterilising bottles and when can I stop giving boiled water and transition to tap water? So ah, Fiona, you, that... now she's 11 months old, um, you really you can just clean her bottles. Now that can be done with just hot soapy water, rinse it in hot water, right through to sticking them in the, sterili- uh, sticking them in the dishwasher. But I still do teats into, um, on their own as opposed to putting them in dishwashers. So I think you can quite easily do that now. She's a big 11-month-old and certainly be gone by. 12 months old um, and then usually I would be giving her tap water in her water bottle so I wouldn't have been giving her sterilized water so you can do that right from the get-go as well so pretty much pretty much from today 
I can start <laughs> doing that, Fiona. Excellent. That's going to make life a bit easier. <laughs> This question comes from Nicole. She has a two-year-old, 26 months. She says she loves the podcast, so she's listening through our podcast. If you are listening to us live, you can (laughs) podcast the show as well. Catch up listening. Listen whenever you like. Thanks for all the wisdom. You've helped this mama immensely over the last two years. I have a two-year-old boy who's always been an awesome sleeper and still is. He has always slept from 7.30 p.m. to 7 a.m. He has one 90 minutes to two-hour nap in the middle of the day, usually between 12 and 2. Lately, he's been waking earlier around 6. It's not an issue, so don't mind waking up at this time. But wondering if it's his way of telling me he doesn't need his nap anymore. Should I try and drop his nap to an hour to get that extra time at night or just let it play out at this stage? I feel that he and Mama still needs his nap. He's a very active little boy and second baby coming in Jan, so don't want to disrupt to disrupt the routine too early. That's from Nicole. Oh, no, it's going to be disrupted, Nicole. Um, I would say when he's tw- 26 months, so he's two and two months, it's not unusual for them only to need an hour and a half. So I, don't th- I wouldn't drop it. What's he doing an hour and a half now? So he's going down at 12 and up at 2. Between 90 minutes and 2 hours. Okay. So what I would start doing is putting him down at 12.30 and getting him up at 2 but and putting him down at 7.30 and just dropping it to the hour and a half. So you've still got a little bit of wriggle worm. Uh, wriggle worm. <laughs> wriggle, wriggle, wriggle worm. Wriggle worm. Um, and then... If needed, you drop it down to an hour, which is one o'clock to two o'clock. So the essence is he shouldn't sleep past two because otherwise it's going to interfere with him going down at 7.30. But I would just keep it at one and a half. Don't let him go over at the moment and then drop it down to one. But some children will have given up their day sleep by two and a half. And I think it's you'll still have sleep at two and a half, but it'll just be like a little nap. And that'll probably be the best he can do. And the telltale sign is he's just waking earlier. So he's having enough sleep between his two hours in the day and what he's getting at night. When he wakes up at six, he's fine. So if you're happy getting up at six and nothing else changes and you want to leave him sleeping between 12 and two, you can do. You just got to realise that that's where the problem comes from. But So if you're happy to get up at six, keep getting up at six and don't adjust it. But once, if you want him to sleep a little bit longer, I'd just decrease his sleep a little bit shorter during the day. All right. Sounds like you should just leave it. <laughs> yeah, get it up at six. Like if you're it's, okay it's with light that. at six, it's okay. Um, and she's <laughs> mentioning that the baby's arriving in January. Yeah. Is that likely to impact on how he sleeps? No, not okay. at all. So remember that when a baby comes in, the whole family is adjusting and that we need to create a new family that comprises of four people now instead of three people. And people often say, oh, I'm not going to change my toddler's routine, but you can't bring a new baby in without something jiggling a little bit. So we give you about six weeks to let everything settle down and then we start to blend the two together because otherwise you'll get very stressed when you're trying to meet all the needs of a two and a half year old 
and all the needs of a newborn baby. So something's got to give a little bit. I think we need to do another interview at some point yeah, about that. bringing a baby home. Yeah, bringing how you make that adjustment. Watch this space, Nicole. Yeah. We'll get that. We we'll have get a plan. <laughs> You're listening to Kindling Helpline on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris Minogue is our resident expert who comes in every week to answer your questions and help you make mm. the little tweaks that might... Um, help you overcome some challenges that we all have, yeah. whether it's a baby, a toddler, a mixture of the two. Um, let's go to Rafika, Rafika, sorry, who has a three-week-old. Oh. I'm breastfeeding my baby with a few challenges. I know what that feels like. He's been really good and usually feeds for an hour to an hour and a half, six to seven times a day. But sometimes he wants to feed for multiple hours without any break. It lasted up to four <gasps> hours once. Oh, Baba. Rafika, that's crazy. It is exhausting and gets really painful. I yeah. thought he might need more than seven feeds a day, so tried feeding more times a day, yeah. a day, but no change. I'm not worried about my milk supply. He's gaining weight and has enough nappy changes, but I'm getting really exhausted, and to be honest, it gets very painful. Sometimes I, it also feels like these long feeding session, sessions upset his stomach. Yep. Is that normal? Yep. If that's the case, how many weeks, months does this last, and should I be limiting the feeding sessions? Yep. You are absolutely right to all of that, but let's break it down for you. So generally speaking, at three weeks of age, they've got, they're more alert and more awake, so they can feed more efficiently. So I think the first thing is, is some of the feeding getting muddled up with comfort for the baby and he's on the breast and he falls asleep and then he, if you go to move him, he goes dit, 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 and does these little sucks and you're confusing that, which is comfort sucking, with the actual act of feeding. So the longingation of the feed is the thing that concerns me because I think it's verging into comfort for the baby and that's why you're getting that really long, you got that episode over four hours. If you feed in a reasonable pattern at three weeks, he should soften the first side and then be offered the second side. And most babies at three weeks would take the second side and soften that side. And then they need a break so that one, your body can actually produce the milk and that he can have a rest to have the energy to be able to feed properly. And that break at a minimum would be about an hour and a half. So even if he fed every two and a half hours, that's okay. It's tiring, but that's okay. And I think some of these feeds are almost blending into the next feed from, from what you've been saying. So that would still give us about seven, eight, nine feeds in a total 24 hours. Um, but it sounds like the second bit is that he's not getting a lot of sleep amongst this if he's feeding that rapidly. If he's also feeding that rapidly, he might be overfed a little bit and that's what's giving him the tummy pains. So once you've done a decent feed, you fed him to the best of your ability, which at this age should take around the hour mark, give or take a little bit, then try some settling techniques to see if you can longingate the feeds and therefore giving your breasts a little break as well. Um, and hopefully that's decreasing the pain because if you've got pain on the breast, you may not be feeding him properly. So in most areas, we're not sure which area that Rafika is in, but there's an um, early childhood sister and they may be able to assess the feed in for you just because we can't see what's going on. And then hopefully that will allow him to move into what they call a feed sleep cycle for you. So mm. you shouldn't have pain with your feed in. The feed should take around an hour, give or take a little bit. 
And I suspect he's doing some comfort sucking and that's where that pain's coming from. He's sitting on the edge of the nipple and he needs about an hour and a half sleep in between to have the energy to feed well and to give her, give yourself a little break. Yeah. So, um, and the, uh, the area health nurse, or I went to a lactation consultant in my area and she was really helpful. Well, nowadays they just have breastfeeding clinics at all the, yeah. pretty much every early childhood centre or everyone in the area. So they'd definitely be able to link you in with the right breastfeeding um, centre. Mm. Okay. Yes. So stick in there. It's it's tough in the beginning, but it gets easier with time. Yes, it, it can be really hard. <clears throat> I've got to admit that one of my things was that both my children, it hurt for about three months, but had someone told me that mm. some people, it does hurt that long. If someone had told me that, it would have been easier to deal with because yeah. I didn't, everyone kept telling me it wasn't meant to hurt. No, but it, but it did. isn't meant to did for both of them three months each time and I pushed through but all I'm saying is if you see a lactation consultant who can check how they're attaching and all that stuff then you'll at least be in the position to know what's Mm. going on um so good luck with that three weeks my goodness that is such hard work uh Katie says my almost three-year-old used to be the best sleeper up until he took his bottle and dummy away a few months ago. We would put him down in his bed and he would roll over and sleep from 7 p.m. till 8 a.m., then would have a three-hour nap in the day. Oh, my lordy. He he doesn't nap anymore. Oh, right. (laughs) He still has his comforter but isn't fussed with it now, really. Now it's flipped upside down. He is screaming and crying, pretending he is hurt just so he can get out of bed. We keep taking him back, settling, tell him it's bedtime and walk out. It doesn't help. He just flies into a full meltdown, screaming, throwing things and hyperventilating. Hyperventilating. Right. Even when we are back in the room with him, he's just so worked up. Yeah. What can we do? Okay, so he's a three-year-old and what probably happened is we took the bottle and the dummy away together and both of those were a form of sucking comfort. So he couldn't get that same sucking comfort from his little comforter because he obviously didn't use it for that reason. So I think he's just lost his way a little bit and he doesn't know how to get himself to lay down, stay still and go to sleep. So I think that's where you're getting a lot of this behaviour from. Um, I'm assuming he doesn't have that sleep anymore. That's that's mm, true, isn't he? Doesn't he? So anymore, he doesn't have no. the nap anymore. So he's pretty tired by the end of the day. So I think we have to take a little bit of time with this little one and we have to reteach him how to lay down and lay still. And our favourite thing here to do with this age group is we pull out the Bedtime, uh, bedtime Explorers, Explorers. podcast. Yeah. So we're going to reteach him how to lay down and, and stay still. And one way of doing that is to lay down with him, do your little bedtime routine, kiss, cuddle, clean teeth, all of those sorts of things that three-year-olds need. And then lay him down and then what you can do is put on either one of these bedtime explorers, which is a little podcast that he can listen to and you can stay with him and listen to it as well. And that teaches him to lay down and stay still. And by laying down and staying still, even if he's talking to you about what's going on in the podcast, is re-teaching him how to go to sleep because I think that's what he's lost. He's been used to sucking. So we would have taken the bottle away. And then at some point that dummy, and three is very appropriate to get rid of a dummy. So I think you've done the right thing. It's just that we've taken both of them away all at once. So we're going to give him something back um, to teach him to lay down. And bedtime explorers, audio stories, that works. Being with him, 
and allowing him to calm down before he gets himself so worked up also helps. So be with him, give yourself a five minute, 10 minute little window and then just say to him, mummy's got to go out, but I will be back in two minutes and come back in two minutes. Then the next night do three minutes and four minutes and I think you'll find before you even realise what's happened, he's fallen asleep by listening and then you're there. So I think give this a little bit of time. Think about the fact that all of his sucking comforts, which was what he needed, are gone. And we're going to reset and reteach him what to do. Good luck with that one, Katie. Um, <laughs> yes, sometimes three-year-olds can be very stubborn. This they is can kin- be. <laughs> this is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. We only have time for one more question, but you can always email us during the week at conversation at kindling.com.au for the next helpline with Chris. She comes in every Monday, so there's always the opportunity to ask your question then. This last one comes from Gemma. She says, thank you for your advice last week on the show about my 11-month-old daytime sleeps. I'm still struggling with getting her down to sleep during the day. Today it took 45 minutes before she finally went to sleep and then it's her time to get up. She shows no signs of tiredness when I put her down around three and a half, four hours after she wakes. She has also discovered that she can stand up up in in the cot. How should I handle this and help her settle? I feel like she's standing up so I will come in and help her. Should I be taking her baby sleep bag off now? I'm worried she might fall over. She shouldn't fall over if the cot side has been lowered. She'd have to be a very tall 11-month-old to be able to get up and over. So I think you're okay there, and I think she's perfectly safe there. Um, What you could do, Gemma, is that first morning sleep of the day, you can make that incidental. So you could do 20 to 30 minutes in the car or go for a walk in the pram, within the window. So she's 11 months old, so she's probably been awake for three hours or three and a half hours and then in the next hour so if she woke at six between say nine and ten you wanted to have a half an hour to 20 minutes sleep but it's really incidental it just happens to be in the car going to a swimming lesson it happens to be in the car going to play group and then work on your afternoon one being the one that's going to carry her through till she's three years old So that one in the afternoon, so if she slept somewhere between 9 and 10, but she's only had 20 minutes to 45 minutes, I think you're going to get a lot more traction with the afternoon one that then will fall around the 1.30 to 2, depending on when she woke up and when you put her down again. And I would work on that. The biggest thing with them standing up in the cot is the more that we help them go back down, the less they can do it. So they find it very hard to self-settle themselves. So what you need to do is the trick that I do, say you put her in the cot and she has a little cry for 10 minutes and then you're going in there because she's got herself really worked up, is instead of putting her down, kneel on the floor, put your hand on the on the bed and tap it and tell her, put your head down and then mummy can give you a pat, put your head down. And what she does is she gets down off the side of the cot and she goes down And then when she gets down, give her a little pat and say it's time for sleep and then walk out again. So once they learn how to go down those side at the bars, that's it. They're done. They can self-settle from there and you get a lot more traction with that self-settling. So a couple of days of going in, patting the bed and getting her to go down and telling her, put your head down, it's time to put your head down, is going to help this transition that she's trying to make. Good luck, Gemma. Well, thanks to everyone who wrote in and asked their questions for Chris. If we didn't get to your question, you can always find Chris's advice um, on our website. Lots of, you know, 
tips on getting through tricky situations, just head to kindling.com.au and look for Kindling Helpline. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. That's a pleasure. And you can also get in touch with your questions during the week by emailing us at conversation at kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.